Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Adams, mindset coach, entrepreneur, and manifestation enthusiast. I am obsessed with supporting you in living the life of your dreams. Each week, I'll be providing you with a quick bite of mind food so you can live the life that you were put on this planet to live. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Hi. So before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to give you some backstory on why I chose to speak about such a topic, such as being sober, choosing to be alcohol free, and my personal stance. So, little backstory about two years ago, when I really started to go on my personal development journey and learn so much about myself, really looked at what wasn't working in my life, fears, doubts, limiting beliefs I had, what I started to do was really, really work on feeling my best every single day. Through that process, I was able to create the most amazing daily rituals that have me feel super high vibe, really good. And these are the same rituals that I share with my clients, that I share with my students. So for example, meditating, you know, working on journaling what's coming up for me, affirmations, exercise, all these things that I do to feel good on a daily basis. I was doing these things as I was on my journey. And the one thing I noticed that wasn't in alignment, that didn't feel good anymore, was drinking alcohol. So here I was doing all these things to help soothe my anxiety, feel really positive, feel in alignment. And there was a habit I was engaging in, which was, you know, having a glass or two of wine almost every single night or socially drinking hard alcohol. I love, love, love champagne. And what I noticed is that it would take me about three days, I would say three days or so after I had drank, no matter how much, whether it was one or two glasses to feel back to myself again, to feel high vibe again, I would feel really, really anxious for at least two, three days after drinking. And I played a game with myself because I used to have the story that things are more fun with alcohol, things won't be as fun if I'm not drinking, or that the the best way to relax was with a glass of wine, the best way to celebrate is with a glass of champagne. I had, I was pretty anchored to my experience of having alcohol. And what I did with this game was I tested out, okay, what would it be like to not drink for this weekend? What would it be like to not drink for the week? And I played a game with myself where I said, if I can go 30 days without drinking alcohol, what is that going to do for me? And I remember thinking how excited I was to (laughs) save money, let's be real, to always be in control, to know that I was going to feel good when I woke up no matter what. And I was really excited because I wanted to see if I would get new ideas, how would it feel to feel good every single day. So I played this game and I remember it didn't make sense to my friends. I remember people were like, wait, really? You're not drinking? Because I was still in the setting in which people around me were drinking, which is totally fine. And 
I remember feeling really good. I loved being able to drive my friends. I loved being able to go to a birthday dinner and not have to worry about getting my share of the wine bottle that split between, you know, three to four people. And it just started to feel really, really good. And then one month turned into two and three. And eventually I just forgot about alcohol. It was tough the first couple weeks, few weeks, but I, I just found myself the longer I went without drinking and I didn't really miss it. And here's the thing. So now here we are over two years later and I'm still in the same place where, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had alcohol since I made that decision, but it's very few and far between and life really improved for me. I felt very in control and it felt really, really good. So today's guest, Jody, she is so incredible. You're going to hear all about her journey into sobriety. And while I don't identify as someone sober, what I do identify as is someone who's alcohol-free for the most part. And I also have the freedom that if I want to drink, I will. And if it's not going to feel good, I don't have to. It's like this really awesome non-attachment and through talking about this, I have been attracting women who say the same thing or my clients when they're inside of one of my programs, whether that be working together one-on-one, doing a program like Fall in Love. What I've heard many times is that as they do this deep work with themselves, as they heal certain parts of themselves, as they practice all these self-love, self-care rituals every single day, that they've started to feel themselves back away from alcohol, whether it be drinking less, whether it be, you know, not drinking at all, only drinking on the weekends, only drinking once a month, whatever that looks like. So if you're curious about what this journey could look like for you, I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think. Let me know if anything resonated and really wanted to share how this relates to dating and how you can date without alcohol. And I mean, let me tell you, that's what I did. And I ended up attracting a partner, Ryan, who doesn't drink. We've never drink. We haven't had alcohol together, but we know one day, maybe we will, maybe we won't. And I promise that whatever decision you make, whatever lifestyle you have, you will find a partner who is compatible with that lifestyle. Enjoy today's episode. Can't wait to hear what you think. Hello and welcome to another fun episode of the Mindful Babes podcast. I am super duper excited for today's episode. It is, it's just going to be so eye-opening and I'm so excited for what's going to flow through. I have Jody Ventura with me. She is an empowered sobriety coach and she helps women shift from shame to empowered sobriety. She's a certified recovery coach and NLP practitioner. She loves using tools to support her clients and feeling super confident and just very proud of where they are in their sobriety. And fun fact, Jody and I have known each other for about eight years. We went to college together and have just really stayed in touch and I've been so in awe of what she's created in her journey and it's been you know on my heart for a while to bring her onto the podcast and really share with everyone listening you know what's available when you choose a life of alcohol freedom and you know empowered sobriety so Jody, welcome to the mindful babes podcast so excited to have you here 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Yes, it's going to be so great. So um, I would love to, you know, dive in and just have you really share with us your story. Like, how did you get here? How did you get in this work? This totally was not what you had in mind when we had our marketing classes <laughs> together to get into this coaching, I'm sure. So would love to hear more about your journey. Yeah. So yes, I did not intend on being here. I didn't think I was going to be a sobriety coach, um, let alone experience my own addiction to alcohol. And so I started drinking in college, just like most people. And it was really like my rite of passage. I thought that getting belligerently drunk every weekend was what I was supposed to do, um, as well as, you know, getting my degree. And I just drank like every other college student. And I was very much under the impression that whatever happened in college would stay in college. And I really used alcohol as a way to give me more confidence. It was a tool for me. I had a lot of social anxiety. And so I remember just showing up freshman year and I was like, wow, I've never seen such good looking men before. Like, how am I going to be able to talk to them and interact with all these really pretty people? And alcohol was like this amazing tool for me and really took away that social anxiety and gave me this like liquid courage. And so it was kind of just this cycle and I saw everyone else doing it. And yeah, that's what I was here to do. And I actually, I thought it made me more cool. I believe it or not had this mentality. If I met people on campus that weren't drinking and parting it up, I thought, what are you doing here? You're not cool. Like what's, what's the point in being here, which was just such a horrible mindset to have, but that just goes to show how, how drawn into this mentality I really was. So anyway, came around to graduation time and I was like, okay, great. So college is over. And when I crossed that stage at graduation, I had this like image in my mind that I was going to walk through this like magical, like blur of professionalism and all of my bad drinking habits were going to stay behind. And I was going to transform into this normal drinker and this professional woman and that didn't happen. <laughs> Alcohol is addictive by nature. It has a lot of power over us, more power than we think. And so I really struggled for a long time out of college. And I noticed that I continued to black out. I continued to be the most drunk person in all social settings. My college friends were no longer there. So now I really stood out when I really fit in before. <laughs> and um, really just got to the point where I didn't see my life going anywhere. And I knew that I, you know, I, I didn't even have any goals. I didn't have a vision. I didn't know where I was going. And so I started to make rules around my drinking and I broke rules every time. Like I'm only going to drink socially. I'm, um, when it got really bad, believe it or not, I had this, uh, this rule that I could only black out once a week by myself at home. Like that was a rule. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people who really do that, but that was how bad it really got. And I just at one point really surrendered um, after struggling for a long time and decided this is, this is no longer for me. This can't be for me. I don't see into my future and really got to the point where like I wanted, I just wanted my life to be over. I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't see a point. I didn't know how I added value to people's lives. And that's when I feel like I really had my first like spiritual moment with God and somehow I pushed through 
and I got sober on October 21st of 2015. Oh my gosh, your five-year anniversary is coming up. Yes, it is. Yeah, very exciting. I know. I can't believe it. Yeah. The decade. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got sober with podcasts and therapy. I didn't start with AA. I didn't go to rehab. I wasn't in an outpatient program. Um, and that actually worked really well for me. I was able to listen to other people's stories on podcasts and really self-identify. It was a gradual process. It took about three to four months to get to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, I have an issue. Um, I went into AA about six months into my recovery because I thought that's what people did when they got sober. When you identify as an alcoholic, that's what you do. That's what you have to do. So I said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go and see what it's like. Stayed in the program for a good year to year and a half, but something wasn't really fitting right. And I realized about a year and a half into my sobriety, I didn't feel confident and empowered and I didn't want to hide anymore. I didn't want to be anonymous. And so I started to learn more about alcohol through this book called This Naked Mind. It's really um, life-changing if you're looking for a book. And I started to really take my power back. And that's when I really shifted out of the shame and secrecy that I had been holding on to around my sobriety and into a more empowered version of myself. And it was such a pivotal point in my sobriety that that's what I help people do today. Because I firmly believe you don't get to go from feeling awful with alcohol to then feeling awful in your sobriety. That's not why you get sober. You get to be free and celebrate who you are. So that's how I got here. <laughs> that's so beautiful. And I acknowledge you for just being so open about your journey and where you were. And I know you know, it's something where it's your passion to help other women. And so it's something where you've been talking about this for a long time. And it's, it can almost feel like, you know, when we share our past trauma and struggles, because we're so on the other side of it, it can feel really almost just like, oh yeah, sure. And, you know, for someone who hasn't heard your story or someone who may be listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I can like see myself in her just know that you know we really see how brave you are just for sharing where you are now and you know what it took to get there and um yeah just so amazing and you know just kind of a, a side note too i love that you know and there's no I mean, I don't think there's, I mean, there could be a wrong way, but it's not for some people, AA works for some people, you know, other tools work. Right. And mm -hmm. I love that you found your own path and your own journey and like found that joy and that purpose outside of alcohol. And, um, you know, for, for me personally, I, um, went through a phase where I started getting, you know, listening to podcasts. I started reading a ton, just really getting in touch with my personal development. And, you know, I still like into my late twenties was going out on the weekend with day drink. I love day drinking. I love just seeing what happens, seeing where the day takes me. And the thing is I still surrounded myself with people who were doing that too. So I thought, you know, it was it was normal. Right. And, um, I just remember there was like the one enough is enough moment where I looked in the mirror and I was like, Valerie, how long, you know, you're 20, I think I was 27 at the time, almost 28. I was like, how long are you going to be doing this and looking in the mirror and 
wondering what happened the night before like what are you doing and that was really such a rock bottom moment for me just I'd feel anxiety for like two to three days after drinking and I finally was like okay let's let's what would life look like if you didn't drink for a week right and that was even like really tough and then it was like a month and I started trying to find the benefit I was like oh well I could drive my friends to this like oh I'll save money and just trying to find the ways and what it really came down to because then I would you know have that glass of wine and I'd be like wait I don't feel good this isn't helping me and so you know, I really made the choice where I was kind of like the middle where I was like, I don't know where I fit in because I don't know that I have an addiction. However, you know, looking back, it's like I had so many addictive thoughts and just making that choice of like, what would life be like if I didn't drink? Like, how would that feel to be in control? How would that feel to go to a wedding and not have to be worried because there's an open bar and be like, oh gosh, I hope I don't embarrass myself. It was like, I acted like I didn't have control. And so I'm really happy we're talking about this because I know that there are women listening and maybe you listening, you've been questioning, you know, is alcohol serving me? You're doing all these things. You're listening to podcasts. You're practicing your self love and you're wondering, you know, is my relationship with alcohol? Is it normal? Is it healthy? And so that's really what we're, we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I have so much love and respect for you having the courage to ask those questions because most people it's black or white, either like I'm, I call it like the boxes. We think that we're in the safe box for a really long time with alcohol and because we don't want to be in the addiction box or the alcoholic box. And so we keep drinking for longer and longer and longer, trying to stay in the safe box, trying to identify there, but really just keeping us sick for longer. And then people transition into that point of addiction because they're not willing to say there's that middle ground, which is essentially really the sober curious movement, which is really beautiful way to, without judgment, say, is alcohol serving me? Is it actually helping me become the person that I want to be? Even though I don't really identify with either um, side of the spectrum. So that's really awesome that you were able to do that. I love that. Can you share more about what the Sober Curious movement is? Yeah. So it's been something that's kind of trendy lately, which is really, really cool. And it's helping us take the stigma away from sobriety because a lot of people will get sober who have experienced addiction. And then, you know, there's labels, you know, I don't identify with alcohol label, but someone might say like, yeah, you were, um, it doesn't help me. And so <laughs> it doesn't make me, you know, I'm Jody and that's it. That's, you know, end of story. Addiction is an experience. It's not something that you are. And so um, with the Sober Curious movement, it allows people to, to ask those questions. You know, is alcohol serving me? Is it getting in the way of my goals? Um, and just being able to come at it from a, a, an angle of curiosity and wonder. And you just kind of explore what is life like? And without alcohol, I wonder where this can take me. I wonder what can come from this. Um, but you may not really identify with having an addiction. So it just, it allows people to kind of be in the middle and explore it without labels and judgment. I love that. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy that exists right now. Yes. So yeah. I would love if you could share with us, you know, what your journey with, with dating was like when you were drinking, what it is like now that you're not drinking and everything in between. Yes. Oh gosh. It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> And I was drinking because I couldn't trust myself. And I knew that once I started 
drinking. Well, you know, I, I would say actually on like the first couple of dates, I was able to kind of hold it together. And I knew that I would have to drive myself home. I didn't want to like expose myself. So, you know, I like really kept myself together. Um, but it was hard dating when I was drinking because I knew eventually if this person wasn't showing me that they liked to drink a lot, I would eventually be like found out. And, um, and it was difficult. And I also wasted a lot of time because if I got really drunk with someone on a date, like that was, you know, I considered that to be a really great time. And then I would waste, you know, three, four more dates with them and realize I don't know them. We have zero connection. We have nothing in common. We both just like to get drunk together. So, okay. You know, we wasted a lot of time there. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, it was difficult because I had so much hurt and, and so many wounds within myself that I hated who I was. I did not love myself. And you have to fully love yourself before you can even open up any space to allow someone else in. And I knew that. I knew that until I loved myself, a relationship just wasn't going to happen. Um, so that was really my experience dating while I was drinking and nothing came from that. I, I just, I knew I wanted to keep people out because there was something seriously wrong. Um, once I started dating when I was sober, um, I think that a lot of people kind of go through this phase when they're in like the staying sober phase, they're pretty new to sobriety. I like to call it like the cool girl phase or the cool girl syndrome where you are really happy with your decision. You're like, okay, I'm sober. Like, and, but like we defend it and we're like, but I don't have a problem with anyone else drinking. I'll have wine for you when you come over. I'll pour you shots. Like I'll drive you. Like it's totally fine because we're just trying to play it cool. Right? Like we don't want anyone to think that we're judging them. Um, we don't want people to put labels and judgments on us. And so we just play it really cool. And then that bleeds into our dating life. And we're like, oh yeah, I'll date someone who drinks and you're playing it cool for a while. And then you suddenly realize like, well, I don't drink after work, but this person drinks after work. This person wants to go to happy hour. Like what is there for me at happy hour? Like, yeah, mocktails and appetizers and whatever. That's not the point. The point is at some point when you're hanging out with someone who's drinking and they've had a couple of drinks, you're no longer having the same experience. You're just not, you're in two different headspaces and that's okay. But I really empower women to ask themselves, is that who you want to spend your time with? Because you just are in a relationship, you get to be equals. <laughs> and when someone else is drinking and alcohol is very important to them in their lives, which like, believe it or not, more people in this world have a very complicated relationship with alcohol and it's a lot more important to them than they're willing to admit whether they have a problem or not like you know that's not that's not the question that we want to ask but um alcohol is important to people and so really making sure that you are setting boundaries and setting standards for yourself and you don't have to be the cool girl and i totally went through that period and it didn't work out very well <laughs> being the cool girl and it's almost like and I love that you share that because it's almost like you're, you're concerned with making other people feel comfortable mm -hmm. when you're trying to be the cool girl, but it's like, what about you? Like you get to be comfortable. Exactly. It's it, we abandon ourselves in the process. Once again, mm -hmm. when we drink, we abandon our, ourselves 
And then now we want to make other people comfortable. And so we lower our standards. We're not clear on what we want just to make someone else happy. And I went through that period with, with someone and it didn't work because he wanted to drink after work and that was fine. But then it suddenly became about him and his relationship. And he would think that I would be judging him. And I'm like, I really don't care. (laughs) You're fine. Um, But then enough was enough. And I declared to the universe that I didn't want to be with someone who drank. I didn't want that in my life anymore. And I was very firm about that. And four months later, I met my now boyfriend who has never been a drinker. He's never had an issue with alcohol, but alcohol was never his thing. He was always the designated driver. Um, He, it was just perfect. Like when he asked me to go out on a date, he asked me to go to coffee and I nearly cried. I was like, wait, people go to coffee now? Like I don't have to explain that I don't drink and that sure we can go to a bar, but like I'm alcohol free. Like didn't even have to go there. It was, it was amazing. And that's because I, I declared that for myself and I was unapologetic about that. Mm, yeah, I love that. And it really is such a lifestyle thing. Like, mm-hmm. sure, it's, you know, when we think about it, it's like, oh, you drink and I won't, right? But it does come down to, you know, it's really important for people. Like, it's when, if, if alcohol is a big part of your life, which is nothing wrong with it, it all comes down to compatibility and lifestyle. It's not, you're wrong, I'm right, I'm better. It's just about how we like to spend our time, which exactly. that would, it matters in so many aspects, but it's like, it does change you know, because if one person's like, oh my God, happy hour sounds fun or wine tasting sounds fun, right? And then it's like, you want the experience to be enjoyable for both people. And of course we can be adaptable for choosing not to drink or if you were experimenting with not drinking for a month or something, you can find, you know, appetizers or mocktails to get excited about, but it gets to a point where you're like, hmm, is this the most fun possibility for us to connect and so I believe it it can work and it's you know it's not about having to contort yourself I love what you did you declared to the universe you're like I get to be in a relationship with someone who alcohol is not a big part of their life right like it's it's a non-existent and it's about doing the mindset work and you know really shifting into the beliefs that that's possible because it's not rare to find somebody it's not hard to find somebody like that it's just about who you've been surrounding yourself by and what you've had in the past and it's it comes down to asking and declaring exactly exactly yeah and my boyfriend will have a beer you know here and there but we've never had it in the house I actually had that realization the other day I was like oh interesting because it's just not a part of our life so um so yeah, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. <laughs> I love that. So I would love to ask too, you know, for women who are dating and they are wanting to call in a partner who, you know, maybe doesn't, same, same as your boyfriend, right? Like maybe the occasional drink, but it's not a big thing. And they're looking to explore life without alcohol, or maybe they're experimenting with not having alcohol or you know, maybe they don't want to go to a bar or go meet for a drink for the first date on a Monday. How, how did you navigate that? And what advice would you give for anyone listening who is wanting to date and not have alcohol be a thing right away, but they don't want to explain or feel, you know, weird about it. I would love to hear your perspective and any advice you have. Yeah. So how to, so let's just say someone is 
uh, maybe on like a dating app or something and they're searching for a potential partner, like how to navigate that conversation? Yeah, like it's super common for um, a first, you know, someone be like, like there's a connection on the app, you know, enough to make plans together. And then the guy will be like, let's, let's go grab a drink. Let's meet for drinks. Like how, how would you navigate that right from the get go? Yeah. So I would say if you are someone who is already living alcohol free, um, don't be afraid to be very clear on your app, like looking for someone who maybe is alcohol free. Maybe you're very clear about that. Don't be afraid to say that. And I know a lot of women actually get really discouraged because they're like, it's like crickets. Like no one is interested. They're all like, oh no, I'm not going to date that person. But the good thing is like you're filtering out the people that are just going to not be a good match for you anyway. And so it might seem like um, there's not a lot of people interested, but at least that's making room for the right person to come in and imagine yourself being on the other side. If you're really clear about that and you see a guy's profile that says I'm alcohol free, like, oh my God, you hit the jackpot, right? Like he already went from like maybe a four to a 10. Like, so that's how they're going to feel about you too. So if you're really clear on that, just, just be clear up front if that's what you are ready for, or you can say someone who likes to do X, Y, and Z. Also, I remember being on the apps and maybe four or five years ago and it was really common to see like a lot of guys had pictures like wine tasting um like the other common picture was like with exotic animals in thailand like i feel like those are like the two pictures that i would always see and so you can kind of be like selective on your own about that too like mm, yeah probably wouldn't go wine tasting um someone who's maybe not really sure if they're ready to do that or they're exploring sobriety they're in that sober curious phase um I would say same thing, you know, it's don't be afraid to say like not really into partying or I'm sure you're way better with the verbiage than I would be. Um, but just kind of declaring what you, what you want. And so I would start there with, with that on your profile. Um, as far as like going in to a date, let them know too, you know, oh, I'm alcohol free. And there's a misconception around a lot of people DM me and say, I don't know how to tell like my family or friends or other people that I'm alcohol free. Like, and so that's where they stay anonymous and they stay in the shame and the secrecy. And it just kind of, um, fuels that energy and that conversation and people stay stuck instead of an empowered sobriety. And so what I want to make really clear is that just because you share that you're alcohol free does not mean that you are sharing your page and pages and pages in your diary about all of the terrible things that happened. And like, you're exposing yourself this is your story. You get to share what you want to share. And a lot of people think that as soon as they share that, they suddenly are in the passenger seat of the conversation. That is not true at all. This is your story. You're in the driver's seat. You get to direct this conversation. You share what you want. And it can be as simple as I'm alcohol free. If people are prying and they're asking questions, um, keep it simple. It doesn't serve me anymore. I'm so much happier without it leave it at that. It's all about your energy and what you bring to the conversation. If people are prying and they're asking questions, they're asking for themselves because they see a little bit of your story and your decision in themselves because more people are questioning their relationship with alcohol than we realize like secretively. And so they're like, Ooh, this person did what I was kind of thinking about. So I want to keep asking. And it feels really intrusive, but if you can kind of read between the lines, you're like, Oh, 
okay, I see what's going on here. Like maybe they want to know for themselves. Maybe they're just as curious. I love that. And yeah, I remember when I was dating, when I was single and dating, and I was actually working with a love coach myself. This was back in 2018. And I was navigating, you know, how do I date and meet people without, you know, so I can solve a good time because it's like, the reality was, of course, I could go meet for a drink, but you know what my love coach and I decided at the time was that it was better for me to be really straightforward and let them know that I wouldn't be drinking ahead of time because then maybe they'll say, Oh, well let's grab coffee. Then let's go for a walk. Right. So, um, she would have me say, which it worked pretty well, just kind of like, yeah, that's on, you know, if a guy's like, Hey, do you want to like grab drinks around six or something? I would, I say, we would say she would support me. I would say, um, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds like fun. Do you know of anywhere where, you know, I can grab a tea and you can grab a cocktail? I forgot if I would say, you know, I'm not drinking right now or whatever. And then most people were super receptive. So to your point, Jody, it's like people are, you know, looking at like, okay, yeah, I could drink less, right? And I only had one person who ended up being just really like toxic and I ended up not meeting up with him. I got really bad vibes. He, I said something like that. He was like, LOL. Okay. Starbucks then. And like, he wanted me to drive like 30 minutes to him all of a sudden and just, it would totally shifted. And so I think to your point, it's like with COVID with so much time by ourselves, a lot of us are really looking at our relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. And everyone has a relationship with it and it's about really looking at it to your point. So I love, I love everything you're sharing about that. I think it's so many people are in that boat right now. Absolutely. And oftentimes when we share that we are alcohol free, I mean, this is especially the women who are listening, who are already have made this decision. Um, it's kind of this funny and very predictable conversation that happens. So <laughs> when we share that we're alcohol free, people will then make the conversation about them and they defend their relationship with alcohol. And they're like, well, I only drink a couple times a week. Like I used to drink a lot, but I don't really have a problem. And it goes like on for like 15 minutes and you're like, okay, <laughs> like it's okay. Like, <laughs> But people do have a complicated relationship with it. And so like to speak to what that guy had, had said about Starbucks, maybe that was a moment where he was like, oh my God, like I need to have a drink to go on a date. Like that is really important to me and that's okay. You know, that's his life, but it's shining a light on his relationship with it. And who knows if he's been questioning it, if that was like not going to make him comfortable and that has nothing to do with anybody. So if you get that response, like nothing to do with you. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it totally, it's because everyone's a mirror, right? So mm -hmm. if it triggers someone, like, let's say, you know, a guy is triggered by you not drinking, it's like, well, why? right? Because is he imagining, oh my God, I'll never be able to drink with this girl. It's not going to be fun. And it's totally a blessing if someone gives you pushback or isn't respecting your boundaries. Like you said, Jody, they're trying to pry and, 
you know, find out why it's like, it's really nice to be spared those details in advance. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, so I tell my clients this, I don't believe in baggage. Like I don't believe we have baggage. Mm -hmm. I believe it's baggage when we expect someone else to unpack it for us and like take no responsibility around it. But I don't believe that our experiences or, you know, choices we've made in the past and now, you know, consequences like I don't believe that's baggage because it's all part of our unique journey Mm -hmm. so I think the really important thing for anyone listening to remember is that you know if you're choosing to be alcohol free like you don't have baggage it's going to feel like baggage to someone who's not your person Mm -hmm. because your person is going to respect that so much about you I mean that's something Ryan my partner loves about me we don't even talk about alcohol like he like he doesn't really have an interest in alcohol, but I wasn't really focused on attracting that when I was attracting my partner. It was like a small part. I think I just assumed like, well, I'm going to get everything I want. So naturally he's not going to drink, but I wasn't, I didn't treat it like it was a big deal for someone to be alcohol free because I just believed I'm like, well, if I've made that choice, like I know there's so many people in the world who have made that choice and it's just inevitable. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's exactly what happened with you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love this. So what would you say, Jodi, to someone who you know, they want to live a more intentional life around alcohol. Like they're in the, the curious phase or they've just, even the past few months, they've really been evaluating their relationship with the alcohol and they're thinking, you know, maybe I could drink less, maybe less often, but they don't really know where to start. They are, they don't feel like they fall in the black and white, like you're talking about. Maybe they're surrounded by people who you know, are drinking a lot, like where would someone like that start? Yeah. Um, Instagram is a really great place to start. There are so many amazing sobriety accounts out there. I have my sobriety account, Jodi Ventura. Um, There are really great books and podcasts. My favorite recovery book is This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. She talks all about alcohol. Um, The really interesting part about her book is that a lot of people will read it who feel like, okay, maybe I need to change something. And other people will read it just being curious. And it's such a powerful um, powerful book and experience reading it that a lot of people will walk away and never touch alcohol again. Um, so that is a really great place to start. There are podcasts where you can hear other people's stories. And when I first started listening to podcasts, I remember hearing, listen to the similarities between the person sharing their story and your story because we can play the differences game all day long and say, well, I haven't gotten a DUI yet. Well, I haven't lost my job yet. Like those are all things that I could have said, but I had a really not pretty relationship with alcohol. So a lot of things hadn't been taken away from me. So I could have kept going, but there were so many similarities that I decided to listen to that and kind of self-identified over time. Um, I also have my own course. It's called the Sobriety Shift Starter. And so that is something that you can purchase. I have it's, uh, six modules where you really can start to uh, begin your relationship living alcohol-free, really powerful reframes. I'm a mindset coach. And so I help you reframe what's actually happening um, when you want 
to drink and make some really powerful mindset shifts around your thoughts and your beliefs that are essentially the foundation of living a long alcohol-free life. You know, I know you talk about um, dating being 80% psychology, 20% action. Same thing with sobriety. A lot of people are taking a lot of action. They're removing the alcohol. They're changing their things in their environment, but they're not focusing on their mindset, which is 80% of the equation. And so that's why I decided to be a mindset coach because we've got to rewire our mind so that we're not white knuckling our sobriety. That is a form of suffering when we feel like we're just barely hanging on and I won't stand for that. I won't let you do that. If you make this decision, you get to feel empowered and powerful. Mm, I love that so much. I got chills when you were sharing that. And I love what you stand for around empowerment because, you know, first off, it's really not about other people, but it, it does become a thing, especially if maybe you do only drink alcohol when you're out with your friends and wine nights and happy hours and all the things, um, or, you know, drinking by yourself. That was all, every single night of the week after work. It was like, oh, glass of wine, sit on the couch, watch TV. And it went from being a reward to like a staple. Like it happens really quickly. And, um, you know, it, it's, what I've really learned is that if you feel empowered, like the attitude you bring forward is what someone will meet you with. So I love what you stand for around having it be not like a torturous experience or you feel really like, you know, like ashamed or whatever the emotion is when you choose to be sober, having that empowerment behind it. Because if you let people know like, yeah, I've decided to be alcohol free or yeah, actually I'm alcohol free. And it's just kind of like matter of fact, and you're excited about it. And it's just kind of like, yep, like the sky is blue. Like, yep, I'm alcohol free. It's like, that's the attitude people will meet you with. And I say the same thing with dating, because if you come from a place of like, yeah, I'm single. Like it's been really rough. Like, Oh, hopefully I'll meet someone that's people are going to meet you with that energy. And they're going to be like, Oh my God, you poor thing. Let me try to set you up with my cousin. Great. <laughs> when it's like, that's not what you need. So if you, you know, I always tell my clients to come from the space of like, you know what, I'm really working on loving myself. And I know, you know, I'm taking, I'm going on dates. I'm really open. And I know at the right time, the, the, perfect person for me will show up and I'm really excited and it's like it doesn't give people room to insert their opinions so I'm wondering do you have any you know and I know you go deep with this with your clients like a powerful reframe somebody could have like if they're really new in their journey where they are starting to experiment with you know being the DD or not drinking with their friends or going over to watch the bachelor at their girlfriend's house and actually not drinking wine, like how they can come from that empowered space in the beginning. Absolutely. So um, I've actually created my all of my coaching and my programs around the stages of sobriety. That's what I call it, the stages of sobriety. And so talking a lot about empowerment, but it doesn't just happen overnight. Like it took me a year and a half to get there. It took a lot of work. And so the first stage of getting sober, and keep in mind, you have to go through every stage. We don't get to skip over the stages, so it's perfectly okay to be exactly where you are. And so the first stage is getting sober. That's getting out of the cycle. You're getting out of maybe, you know, you're, you can get three to four days of sobriety, maybe a week or a month, and then something happens and you kind of fall back into the cycle again, whether it's a, a trigger or a trauma that comes up or you aren't ready to really tell people that you're sober. So that's the first stage, just getting sober. The second stage is staying sober. And so that's where we're out of that cycle. 
we're working on building our time and we're really just getting used to this life. And that's where a lot of people, you know, maybe kind of keep this decision to themselves. They're avoiding events, avoiding certain people, um, just really doing everything to really sustain their sobriety, uh, really creating their community. Now, I find that a lot of people stay there. They think that that's what sobriety is about. You hide, you avoid events, you protect your sobriety, you grip to your tools, you go to all of the meetings and you limit yourself. And then there's empowered sobriety. And that's where you've done the work. And that's, that's what, what I really specialize in in my group program, the sobriety shift, which is shifting from the staying sober to the empowered sobriety. And so that's where you get to show up in front of people and share that you're alcohol free. And there's no trigger or trauma behind it because you've done the healing. You feel really good. You've done the unlearning, the forgiveness, the rewiring and the embodying of this. And so it does take effort to get there. And I just wanna remind everyone that if you are in the beginning stages, it's okay to be there. It's totally okay. And, there, and you might need to be there for a while but just know that there's a progression and you get to look forward to empowered sobriety and it takes time. And so, you know, time really heals a lot, but also really going in and doing the work and being intentional about it and knowing where you want to go and, and having clear goals for yourself. And so, um, and a lot of that is mindset work, really rewiring your beliefs in your mind taking the power away from alcohol. A lot of us give a lot of power to alcohol and that's where we feel disempowered. We feel like, um, you know, it was the, the missing piece to our life or it's something that enhances our experiences when really it, it steals our experiences, you know, it, we're numbed out. And so we have to take the power away from alcohol and take our power back and really reframe what it means to be sober and alcohol free and be you again get rid of the labels. You don't need those either. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. Come back to yourself. Be you again. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, something that I know mm -hmm. that I focused on when I first started getting sober that I feel like, you know, and even just, just me, like, weaning off of alcohol, choosing away with alcohol was, I remember at first I really focused on what I would lose. Like I was like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I couldn't, you know, that's going to, oh my gosh, if I go to this person's party, if I go to this birthday dinner or, oh my gosh, Cinco de Mayo is coming up. Like I focused on like what I wouldn't get to have. And, you know, I learned, I was like, oh, I, ha I actually have like more time. I, that's when I started my business was when I got through mm -hmm. because it was like, I had all this energy and this clear space and I felt so confident in myself for overcoming this. And even though that's not directly what I coached on, it was like, things got more clear. I remember meditating and like, here being more connected to source and just things felt more clearer. I would love to hear just a few things that you feel like, and I know it's probably only gotten better and better over the years as you're approaching your fifth year of sobriety. I would love to hear, you know, what, what you feel like is just better about life, about your life from making the choice to be sober. Yeah. Um, so, so many things. And kind of going back to your first question before this about like mindset shifts that you can make, you touched on that about opportunity. People think that things are being taken away from them. Do a quick journal about what opportunity is in front of you. And so I think that's a really powerful shift. That's what I tell a lot of my clients to do too. And the opportunity that has come from that for me has been starting my own business, 
being able to trust myself, um, being able to do silly little things like go to the grocery store, go to the post office. Um, I can actually take care of myself and cook. I have meaningful relationships in my life. I'm fully present. I don't feel like I'm controlled by alcohol anymore. I fully feel like every choice that I make is my own and I have the power to make that choice. Whereas before, I didn't feel like I had a lot of choices because everything in my life was revolved around alcohol and whether I'd be able to drive home, whether I'd make a fool of myself. Um, And I don't have that. Essentially, like when you get rid of alcohol, you clear the path and you have every opportunity in front of you. I mean, the world is is truly your oyster. You get to create everything that you want in your life because nothing else is going to hold you back. That's so, I love that so much. That's totally what I found too. I was like, wait, did the days get longer or like, like I was able to wake up earlier and like just feel more energized. And that self-trust is so important because to create a business, like it's, you get to really trust yourself that you're going to show up and really be there. And I remember, you know, back to what you said about journaling when I really, you know, in the beginning where I was like, oh my God, like, this is going to be really different going to this person's like birthday dinner and not drinking. Like, I know, you know, it's normal to order a bottle of wine, like, you know, split a bottle of wine with like three girls at the table. And like, I'm going to miss out on that. I remember opening up my journal or even doing it in my head and just being like, okay, so what do I want to get out of this experience? So it'd be like, okay, supporting the birthday girl, you know, seeing everybody, right. Who I normally wouldn't see laughing, you know, seeing her face when she opens a present I got her, like, I'd focus on those things. And I'd be like, and then I would ask myself the question, I'd be like, can those things still happen without alcohol? And the answer was always yes. And so to your point, Jody, I love that. It's like, if you're experimenting, if you're in the beginning stages, and you are focusing on, you know, in the first stage, the loss and what's being taken away, really reminding yourself of what you actually want out of the experience. And it all comes back to being present. And you can have all those things without alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember like when I was sitting in my therapist's office and it was actually probably five years ago to the date, because this was right before I made the decision to get sober. And I remember her just, I was sitting in her office and just ramble forever about everything that I was going to be missing out on and everything that was going to be taken away from me if I gave up alcohol. She's like, you're focusing on everything that you're going to lose. What are you going to gain? And that just, no one had asked me that question before. Like, what do, what do you get to do? And she's like, go home and just journal. And I'm, I'm not even kidding you. I had pages and pages and pages. Like my hand was like aching. Like I couldn't believe it because I would wake up every day on my days off. The most fun thing that I could do was drink. I didn't want to see my friends anymore. I was just focused on drinking and not being here. And the fact that like, okay, I would remove the thing that was like keeping me imprisoned in this cycle. And then I would be able to go on a walk. I could work out. I could be, I remember I wrote down, I could be a tourist in my own city. Like I could travel on my own. I could meet new people. Those are all things that I couldn't trust myself to do. And so we're often stuck on what we're losing, but what do you have to gain? And just let yourself go and really um, step into that possibility because there's so much more waiting for you. Alcohol truly does take things away from us. And 
getting rid of it is going to allow you to have more and more in your life. And that might feel really, really, really difficult to comprehend right now. And I promise if you just give yourself 20 minutes of possibility, so much is going to open up for you. So much. I literally have chills. (laughs) So amazing. So um, I would love if you could share, this has just been so incredible. Thank you for sharing your heart, sharing your energy with us, sharing your story. And, you know, I'm sure that, or I know for a fact that there's women listening who are going to want to follow you and stay in touch with you. So we'd love to hear how we can stay in touch with you. And if you have any, any tools, anything to support a woman who is maybe in that curious phase, or she's, you know, knowing that she wants to make different choices around alcohol, but doesn't know where to start. Do you have anything that you can support her with? Yeah. Yeah. So there actually is a book that's called The Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington. And I heard that's a fantastic book. So books are always really, really great if you're curious about that. I believe that she has a podcast as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, podcast books. And the really great thing about that is no one knows what you're reading. No one knows what you're listening to. And so if you're kind of in that like, oh my God, I don't want anyone to know phase, like there you go. It's very private. Um, like I mentioned, I have my starter course and then I'm on Instagram at jodyventura.com. Um, for those people who aren't necessarily in the beginning stages, I do have a 12 week course. I'm actually running it again next week. It's called the sobriety shift. So those are people who are already sober and ready to shift into empowered sobriety. They're done hiding out and feeling disempowered. They're ready to feel really, really good. So, um, yeah, I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. I, care so deeply about my community and the people that make this decision. I am you, you are my people, and I've poured my heart and soul into all my programs, all of my coaching, and um, this is what I do because I just, I care so deeply about people and their experience. I don't believe that we get to suffer in our sobriety. That just, that won't exist when you work with me. It's not the way that works. I love that so much. And yeah, Jody posts, you know, so many inspirational things on her page. Like, you know, it's just, she shares so much. She's so generous with her energy and everything that she shares. So make sure you follow her at Jody Ventura on Instagram. And I just want to thank you so much, Jody, for being here today Um, this episode was super duper powerful and can't wait to catch up with all of you ladies on the next episode of the mindful babes podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the mindful babes podcast. I hope you loved today's episode and got some takeaways from the message shared today. If anyone in your life would benefit from hearing this episode, please be generous and share it with them on your story. Tag me on Instagram at the mindful babe. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on the iTunes store. Your reviews are what keeps this podcast going, and I appreciate you so very much. Have an incredible day, babe.